everyone. Hi. How are y'all doing? Good. Let me get myself all set up. There's too many tables here. I don't know which one to use. So much choice. It's crazy. How are we all doing today? How good was worship this morning? I'm biased though because, you know, I help run the team and I love our music team. Each one of those people is just such a blessing to us and um, I just, I love how they just have gotten on board with the vision of what we're doing with our team and honestly, the worship today was awesome. It was the bomb diggity. I had so much fun, so good job team. So I am here to preach this morning. Yay. How exciting. The last time I was here was only a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, oh, how am I going to think of something else? (laughs) That's hard. Uh, But I uh, prayed and God gave me a scripture and so we're going to share that this morning with you. But before we do, I'm just going to pray to settle all the nervous nerves down (laughs) Lord God, I just thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that it lives and that it breathes. Thank you, God, that it has the ability to speak to us, that it has the ability to change our perspective, that it has the ability to change our lives. And Father, I pray that this morning that it would be sharp like a double-edged sword, that it would cut through all the grease and all the destruction that the enemy brings our way, all the things that stick to us. God, let it penetrate and pierce through, God, straight into our hearts. And right now, even just put your hand on your heart and just say, God, I want this to be open to hear what it is that you have to say this morning. God, come and do the things that you want to do in my heart this morning. God, I've prepared something here, but Holy Spirit, have your way here this morning. Speak the words that you want to speak to your people this morning. Amen. Okay. It didn't settle my nerves, but that's okay. Uh, So, uh, over the past few years, I have um, been trying to keep my Bible reading fresh, and uh, that can be hard sometimes. I'm a bit lazy. I don't like to read in the first place. I've got like maybe one uh, series of books that I read every single year because I read them in high school, loved them, can't stop reading them. Uh, But they're science fiction fantasy type novels, and so, you know, it gets me going. I like it. It's good. So when I'm reading the Bible, sometimes, you know, you get to some parts and you're like, yeah, this is juicy and it's got lots of stuff. And then sometimes you're just like, oh, I don't know if I'm getting into it. But I found a little trick throughout the years um, that has helped me to keep it fresh, keep it different, keep it new. And um, that is just as simple as switching up the version that I read. Um, I find that if I do this roughly every year, um, I can starts getting another sense of what God's doing. Sometimes it takes me deeper, sometimes it just refreshes me. Um, I started off as an NIV girl. That's the first Bible I ever got, go NIV. Um, And then I matured into a New King James lady for a little while. I kept uh, stealing Luke's Bible because he reads uh, the New King James. And uh, I changed it up then to the NLT. Love love that, love it. Uh, But this year... I have uh, changed over to the Message Bible, uh, getting, getting really inspired out of it. And so uh, when I was reading it the other day, going, oh, God, what am I going to talk on? This verse jumped at me like it 
pounced out like a jungle cat and it was just like, talk about me. I was like, okay, obviously this is what God wants. So if you, (laughs) how cute is my little guy with his goggles, love it. Um, If you want to put up the scripture, it's uh, 1 Timothy verse 1. Oh, sorry, chapter 1, verse 15 to 19, and I'm going to read it from the message. And it's uh, Paul, he's writing to Timothy. Here's a word you can take to heart and depend on. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. I'm proof, public sinner number one, of someone who could never have made it apart from sheer mercy. And now he shows me off as evidence of his endless patience to those who are right on the edge of trusting him forever. Deep honour and bright glory to the King of all time, one God, immortal, invisible, ever and always. Oh, yes. I am passing this work on to you, my son Timothy. The prophetic word that was directed to you prepared us for this. All those prayers are coming together now so that you will do this well. Fearless in your struggle, keeping a firm grip on your faith and on yourself. After all, this is a fight that we're in. You can see why it pounced out at me. It's just like, bam. I believe that this is something that God is um, speaking into my own life on a personal level, but even as a church as we're going through our community engagement. And I will explain why, don't worry. We'll get there. Um, But why did this have such a huge impact on me? For starters, it is just God's love and his pride and his acceptance of me all wrapped up in one verse. And uh, lately, I can't tell you how important that's been for me. I've um, been going through an emotional roller coaster lately. Um, not, not to get too involved with it, but my mum is selling our childhood house and it's the house that my dad built. And so I, I've been going through the ups and downs of life and, um, you know, getting to a couple of low points and God's always been picking me up out of it, which is awesome. Um, and like everyone, I am a sinner. I make mistakes all the time, okay, all the time. I make wrong judgments about people and situations. Um, I hold grudges. Uh, Let me tell you, I can hold some grudges sometimes. I'm super impatient and I'm really quick to get angry. So if you're not listening, look out. No, just saying. (laughs) And you know what? I don't always look like, you know, the way a Christian should, Okay. And uh, even this week, I got tested pretty bad. I had just come back from work after having a wonderful week of holidays. It was great. And I come back to work and just the mess, the mess, the mess that I had to come back to was just insane. And I, it tested me, like my patience and my anger and um, like I'm, go- I'm sort of thinking, God, am I even showing you right now? Because I tell you what, it didn't look like it to me. I was frustrated. Um, but then, you know, when I was reading this scripture, it just reminded me so much of God's forgiveness 
and um, his love and his just his mercy like you know he's just like you know what I get it you know you're upset you're angry you're frustrated I see what you're feeling there you know he's got this grace that goes it doesn't matter I still love you you know my boss was probably getting frustrated and he probably wasn't thinking um, Haley I'm going to give you my mercy and I'm going to forgive you he was probably thinking dude get over it suck it up princess whereas God's so loving isn't he And, you know, even when my spirit gets to that numb place where I'm feeling like I'm not feeling you today, God, I'm I'm feeling like I'm weighed down by, you know, this place of darkness that's around me. He's the light that constantly pulls me back to where I'm supposed to be. And see, Paul, who is writing this letter to Timothy, he is talking about how he is public sinner number one. Like, he's like, sinners, yeah, I'm like, top of the class, man. And, I mean, I can understand why he's thinking that. I mean, he's the guy that used to go around, you know, killing all the Christians and he was a brutal guy, you know. Um, He knew that he had a bad past, you know, um, and he knew that he wasn't even perfect in the present moment either. Like, so, you know, he wasn't looking at himself as, you know, oh, I'm a disciple now, you know, I'm an apostle and so... I'm all good. He still knew that, you know, he's constantly being tested. He he knew that, okay? And it's very easy for us to relate and identify with this part of the scripture where we talk about being a sinner, okay? We um, can get bogged down with, you know, all these bad feelings. Um, We go through the emotional ups and downs like... I was saying that I've been through recently. You know, we have financial struggles and tough relationships and medical conditions and wrong choices and we begin to identify with the situation and instead of identifying with God and who he's called us to be. But, you know, why? Why is it always so much easier to believe the bad stuff? why, Why do we take that on so easy? It's like we're a sponge for bad negative things like you know I can remember um you know all this like if Luke and I are having say a little tiff and he's all like you don't do this good you don't do that good or not that he's like pointing things out to me like all in one conversation but I absorb all the little bad things right like oh you don't clean this well enough you know oh you know you've said this wrong or whatever it is you sing out of tune Haley. shut up Luke I do not. (laughs) It's all the little things that we suck up like a sponge and then all of a sudden he'll be like, you're beautiful, babe. Ping! That deflects off. I didn't hear that. Sorry, it doesn't penetrate. You're you're a great wife. Ping! Whatever, I don't believe you. You can't... That's not true. Do you you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's all right. (laughs) Don't worry, he doesn't... It was an example... Don't mind us. (laughs) We always look at the negative side of the situation. And let me tell you, this week at work, I came in and saw the mess and I straight away went to the negative. I saw no positives there. There probably wasn't many. But instead of picking out the few, I went to the negative and I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. Why me? Why me? And you know what? The truth is that our sinful nature takes over. Thanks, Adam and Eve. Super appreciate it, right? 
It takes over, and so we can only see ourselves through sin goggles. For those of you listening on podcast, I'm wearing swimmer's goggles right now. They are uncomfortable, they are my child, so they're too small, and they hurt. And I don't look as cute as the kid on the screen, am I right? I'll leave them there, they hurt. Uh, These goggles, they magnify our sin. And they block out anything that's good. It's like when you look into one of those um, LED-lit beauty mirrors. Ladies know what I'm talking about, all right? All you can see is every single imperfection, red mark, little scar... And all you want to do is poke and prod at it, pluck out that gross hair. But you know that the more that you touch it, the worse your face is going to look. All right? Those mirrors, by the way, are pure evil. (laughs) Horrible. Can't handle them. We sell them at my store, by the way. And every time I walk past, I'm like, no, 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 no. Then let me tell you, in in these particular goggles here at the moment, as I put them on and look like a crazy person, it is hard to see anything good in these. It's hard to see anything. But it's all blurry and the colour is all distorted and I'm not getting a correct visual or perspective of the world right now. And if I leave them on too long, I'm going to get a red mark. (laughs) Hey, but that red mark will fade. That's not in my words, but... Um, But the word says in Psalm 65.3, Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive them all. Not he forgives them some. Not he forgives them rarely. Not he forgives them never. Not he forgives them if he's in the mood. He forgives them all. Our sins are completely overwhelming and um, when that's all that you focus on, that's all, you're gonna, like, that's all you'll see. And you'll see them as being bigger than what they actually are. Not to mention all the extra baggage that you carry around because of it. But the most amazing and exciting promise that God makes for us is that if we believe in him fully, totally and completely and confess that Jesus is Lord, that's coming from Romans 10 verse 9, then he puts on his grace goggles. My hair, does it look bad? Tell me the truth. No, we're good? Okay. So he puts on his grace goggles. I know these aren't goggles, these are just my glasses, but um, he puts these on. Romans 3, verse 23 to 24 says, Everyone has sinned and we fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God with undeserved kindness declares that we are righteous. And he did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. You know, he can't see the sin. 
when we give our life to him, he can't see the sin anymore. It's covered by, you know, Jesus' blood. The goggles, the grace goggles, magnify Jesus in our lives. It magnifies Jesus' sacrifice. And that means that God is only looking at our potential, at our gifts, and he sees our purpose. He sees the plan that he has for us. He sees the influence that you can have in your community. And he looks at us with just unfailing love. And uh, as a mum, I can tell you, I've got a whole new perspective on God's love. Ever since I, because I've got two boys and they're both crazy, but uh, they've shown me what God's love is really like, let me tell you. Um, I think that most parents would say that their kids can be quite hellish at moments, um, where you feel like they have been spawned from, you know, something evil and you go, they can't be mine, really. They can be just downright devious, kids can be. They are so crazy. Um, It honestly makes you realise, you know, born into sin. That's real, okay? Kids are crazy. But you know what? Then there is that moment when they come up to you, they put their arms around you and they look directly into your eyes and they say, Mummy, I love you. And all that horrible stuff melts away and I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank you, Bobby. I love you too. You know, it's that moment of like we just take such pride in, you know. This, the scripture that we started off with says, you know, God wants to show us off. But, you know, he doesn't want to show us off in a boastful way, not in a, look how good my child is. My child's perfect. Well, no, no, he's not. But in an inspirational way. Okay? You see, through us, God wants to show off his amazing attributes to the people around us who don't even know him yet. He wants to show off his 1 Corinthians 13 attributes, his patience, his kindness, his protection, his faithfulness, his mercy, his grace, and his deep and unfailing love. He wants to show them that unconditional love is real. But the only way that someone can believe in unconditional love is to see it for themselves. Okay? To hear about it is not enough. Because to hear something... It was so easy to go, mm, I think that's a bit too good to be true. Like when you hear about um, an awesome sale, right? Okay, again, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. And someone's like, no, they've got like 60% off all shoes and handbags. Right now, it's awesome. Now, when you hear about it, you're just like, yeah, oh, I don't know. You go to the sale, you see it for yourself and you're like, oh, They've got 60% off all shoes and handbags and I got to get me some of that. You know what I mean? Okay, sorry boys, fishing gear, okay, um, footballs, cricket, cars. There's not 60% off cars. 
okay? It's just not happening. When you see the effects on someone's life, you see that something is possible and that it's not just possible for that person, it's possible for you as well. But people won't see unconditional love until we take off the sin goggles and start putting on God's grace goggles for ourselves. Okay? God hands these out when we give our lives over to him. He's like, I want you to see yourself like this. Not like this. He's confiscating these. Sorry, class. No more of these goggles. They're ugly anyway. You don't need them. But he wants us to put grace goggles on and start seeing ourselves as he sees us. And, you know, I know that, truthfully, it's not as easy as just, you know, picking up a pair of glasses and picking up, like, taking off a pair of swimming goggles. We, we know that. But we have this habit of um, seeing ourselves in negative and it being that natural instinct. And we need to start working on changing that. Um, we need to start reading God's word and its promises over our lives and start seeing what God is seeing. So I've got a little book here. It's a Joyce Meyer one, uh, The Secret Power of Speaking uh, God's Word. Um, I like, I don't know about you. Sometimes when I'm going through a situation, I find it really hard to sift through the Bible and go, what, what do I need for me today? A book like this, um, you can get so many different like little prop, like books full of God's promises. Like Honestly, they're so worth having in the house and having handy. Okay, um, so I'm just going to read th- through just a few of these. Uh, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus came that I may have life and enjoy it and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. That's John 10.10. 10. Um, when I feel hurt or brokenhearted, God binds up my wounds and cures my pains and my sorrows. Psalm and. 47 verse 3 that one's been coming in handy for me lately let me tell you he himself bore my sins in his body on the tree that I might die to sins and live in righteousness by his wounds I have been healed first uh, Peter 2 verse 24 uh, may the God of my hope so filled with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of my faith, that by the power of the Holy Spirit I may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. Romans 15 verse 13. Do we see where I'm going here, church? That the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? The Lord is my refuge, the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 21 verse 1. And then I've been given authority and power over all the power that the enemy possesses and he shall not harm me in any way. Luke 10, verse 19, there is more and there is more and there is more and there is more promises that God is wanting you to see over your own life and start believing it. Come on. But to add to that, each and every promise that is in the Bible is a prophecy over our lives. It is a prophetic 
word. And as we declare it and as we begin to believe it, then God uses it to show others his amazing love. It sounds really simple, doesn't it? But how how many of us take the time to actually declare God's promises over our lives? Well, yeah, okay. Other than Pastor Gary. All right? I've blocked you out. I'm not thinking about you. It's mean, but he was being sneaky. All right. And I'm going to be honest with you. Lately for me, it's been non-existent. It's been really hard for me to break through that, you know, energy of, you know, my own situation type thing. But these promises are a part of God's purpose for our lives. These promises are actually what we're called to. You see, these declarations are what builds up our faith and keeps us fearless in our struggles. In our first scripture that we were talking about, that first Timothy, you know, he says that he wants to show us off to those who are right on the edge trusting him forever. It's when we're walking in these promises and believing them. That's the evidence that God wants to show. And at the end of the scripture, it talks about, you know, this is a fight that we're in. And let me tell you something. The devil does not play fair, my friends. He is sneaky. He is conniving. He is manipulative and he is cruel. He is thieving, killing. He is destructive and he will do anything he can to make you pick up your sin goggles and put them back on. He will focus you in on your flaws and on your failures like that LED mirror so that that way it's all that you can see and he will try to keep you in a state of depression. He is horrible. But God has given us promise after promise after promise of who we are. And when we stand firm in these promises and say, oh, heck no, to what the devil is throwing our way. When we stand up and, you know, we say, no, I'm believing what this says. That's what he wants people to see in you. Because we're not perfection. Okay? And you know what? God doesn't want to show perfection either. He doesn't want to show some goody two-shoes, you know, someone that thinks they're all that. Like that's, that's not who he wants to show to the world. He wants someone that's real, who's struggling, but will put their foot down on the word of God as their foundation and is not afraid to speak it into being. You see, when someone who is in your life circle 
knows that you're going through a really tough time. Like, my work friends, they know that I'm having a real hard time with my mum selling the house and they know that I'm having, you know, the ups and downs of, you know, dealing with my grieving after dad died. Like, they know that. But when they say, hey, how are you doing? I say, you know what, it's been hard, but I'm standing strong and believing that, you know, and then I pull out a scripture that's working for me that week. Okay? We need to stand firm and stand strong and not be too shy to say what we're standing on because people need to know that that's where our strength comes from. You see, they face the same kind of hardships as what we do. So they're no different to us. We just have him and we have his grace and mercy. That's, that's the only difference. That is, that's it. Okay? And they need to know that there's going to be someone that's going to stand up and believe with them that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We need to stand up and, you know, stand with people and tell them, you know what, all things are possible through Christ who strengthens me and you, my friend. That Christ is within me, so who can stand against me? Oh, no, not your depression. Not that cancer that's eating away at you. No, 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 Christ. I am. I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. They're gone now. And I'm a brand new person in Jesus Christ. That's who I am. The world needs to see a church that's willing to stand up and speak these things. They need to see that we're willing to speak these promises over us, but over them as well. But we need to have that understanding for ourselves first. And I think that's where we get tripped up. Too many of us are still seeing ourselves like this, with sin goggles. And we need to... Put on grace goggles and go, this is who I am. So this morning, if the musos want to come up, I don't know where you're at in life. Maybe maybe you're struggling with how you see yourself. Maybe you've been wearing these sing goggles for too long they're uncomfortable why do you want to hold on to them why do you want to see yourself like this why do you want to see yourself in such a negative way when God sees you in such a wonderful way when he sees you as a person with purpose and he sees you as a person with a destiny, when he sees you as a person with influence, when he sees you as a person who just has love to give, when he sees you as a person with an understanding and listening ear, 
And you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. You might think, you know, I've been through a lot in life and I love God. But if you're still wearing these, the sing goggles, you can't be as influential and impacting in your community life as he wants you to be. Maybe you don't even know Jesus yet. Maybe maybe this is your first time, you know, even thinking about who God is. Let me tell you, he loves you. He loves you. And he doesn't want you to live a life where you believe that you're worth nothing. He doesn't want you to live a life where you think that you can't amount to anything. He wants you to know that you're loved. He wants you to know that you are loved this morning, church. Whether you've been a Christian for a long, long time, whether you're a new Christian, whether, you're not e- whether you've not even met Jesus before, whether you're like halfway through your walk with him and you're just getting distracted, he loves you. Whether you're on fire for God and you are constantly seeking him out, he loves you. And you know what? He cannot tell you that enough. So this morning, as we bow our heads, I just I want to be able to pray for people that feel like They can't let go of the sin goggles. The way we see ourselves is so important, church. And this, these goggles, they're only harming you. They're only destroying you. And they're warping your perception of yourself. So if you feel like you want to be able to see yourself the way God sees you, and sometimes it's just the little things, isn't it, that creep up. Everyone's got their eyes closed. I just want you to raise your hand this morning and just say, God, I want to see myself the way that you see me. I want to have the right perspective on who I am and I want to stand firm on your promises so that those people around me can see that you are loving, that you are kind, that you are protective. So if that's you this morning, just raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, we know you're here. Your presence is here right now. And I pray, Father, that you would just begin to come on each one of these people this morning. Father, that your love would just outweigh all the negative things that have been spoken. Father, that they would begin to stand on your promise. Father, that they're forgiven of their sins. They are a new creation, God. They can stand firm in who you are. 
that you have a plan, that you have a purpose, that you know them. Just come right now and begin to fill them. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for who you are. And I pray, God, that as we leave here today, God, that you would just talk to us, each and every one of us that's here this morning. Begin to shine a light in your word, all those promises that you've spoken over us, all those prophetic words that we can hold in our hand each and every day as we go out into the world. Bring them to life, Father. We thank you, God, for who you are. You're amazing, God. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.